Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess, where Angie and I are alone in our home for the first time in probably two or three months. And we were just like, wait, is this, is this a real thing? We have nothing going on tonight? No kids? No nothing? And we love our kids. So we, we've had them around more than ever because we want them around as much as possible. But tonight we have no kids, no nothing. And here we are. And thought we'd record a podcast, see what happens. Hi, my name's Angie. I'm Eric. It's great to meet you. Are, will you make me dinner tonight? Yeah, is this a date? I would absolutely do that. Okay. Dinner at home? Or after, dinner at my after home? After I eat this whole bag of Twizzlers. Well, Does that's anybody, what you want. Anybody else love Twizzlers as much as I do? Uh, no. Yeah, you, I've never Twizzlers. met anybody love Twizzlers that much. Oh my God. I love them. I just want to like clarify. Is this an actual date night? Yeah, we can have a date night. Oh, my God. I mean, it's I like need our to be, third date night in the I last. I need to be sleeping by 8 p.m. Okay. Well, be a quick date. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheap date. Here we go. My goodness. Are you well, going to tell on yourself? I mean, do I have to? Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> We recorded 25 minutes of this podcast already, and I didn't have the right settings on, and I realized it deep in, so that's on me, and I apologize. So maybe the second time will be better than the first time. You know, as a man, one, I think it's big that I can admit that I was wrong, and two, what I said is on the radio for 25 years is that typically it is better the second time. So I think it's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it too much. All right. Get those Twizzlers. No, we're good. The last couple months have been something. It's been hard. It's been super hard. And I feel like we talk about that all the time. We keep saying the same thing over and over. Well, we had eight months this past weekend. And just last night, you cried yourself to sleep as hard as you've cried yourself to sleep in a long time. And you were still crying this morning. Yeah, yesterday was hard. And I think when you are in a constant fight or flight mode that we've been in for eight months and battling so much that even small things are really difficult to get through. It's like you have a crack in your foundation and you can fix a crack, but that crack's always going to be there. And so it's like we have this big crack in our foundation and we're trying to figure out like, how do you repair it? And, and yesterday was hard because after Hallie passed away, I went through all of her clothes and I'm so grateful that we have all her clothes and she was a t-shirt type of gal. And so we had a lady make four quilts out of her t-shirts. And so she had just messaged and said, hey, I have those quilts ready. And for some reason, this was incredibly difficult for me to go. I was dreading it. And and I was trying to figure out, like, why? Why was this so hard? Because there's been a lot of other things that has happened that's connected back to Hallie or, you know, different things that people have given us. And, but this particular, I think is because it was her clothes and there's so many memories of her clothes 
like a lot of T-shirts or trips that we've been on. Yeah, you bought most of those T-shirts. Yeah, about every T-shirt. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember buying that one. That was when we were in Nashville. This is when we were in Texas. This is when we went to Gulf Shores. This was Vegas. This was her rodeo. This was Mizzou. And it was hard for me to look at because I could just see her in the shirt. I know. And now we have a quill. That's what we have. Yeah, and, and that's it. It's like I was driving back. I was a mess all day because I was driving back, and it's just like, ugh, this is what we have left. Like, her shirt's made into a quilt and her ashes. And what do you do with that? Like, I love it. They're absolutely beautiful. I would highly recommend doing that with, with their clothes. It just makes it, it's just so hard, though. Life is just really, really hard. And we have so many people. We're so blessed with so many people that reach out and want to know how they can help, what they can do for us. Just simple, like, how are you doing? And that's so, it's so intentional. It's so thoughtful. And a, a lot of times I tell people, I mean, Eric even asked me, like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, there's, there's nothing. Just like, pray for me. Or there's nothing you can do. It's just going to take a long time. And, and then you have people who are more of like, um, well, how do you help them get over this? Because maybe what they're talking about makes them uncomfortable, right? <laughs> and it'd be easier if we just moved on from it and just got over it. And God bless people that ask that question. God bless their sweet baby hearts. Bless them because they have no effing clue. Sorry. Because if you really had extreme loss, you would know the answer to that question. How do you help someone get over this? The answer is never. You never get they over it. They never get over something like this. Our option is to get closer to Christ. That's our option. It's the only option. It's the only option. So that part makes me want to rage a little bit. But, like, you're not going to get over your daughter passing away. You're not going to get over an avoidable decision that was made that took her life not going to get over seeing how sad my kids are, especially Summer right now. She's getting a little bit older, and she misses Hallie even more now because I she's seeing and feeling that void. She's getting ready to start a new school, you know, whether it's friends or boyfriends or whatever. Like, those are times you chat with your, your big sis, and it's just it's, the answer is never. So the answer is never. And here's what I would say that keeps me going. And that is we're in fight or flight mode. I always choose fight. You're very competitive. You're not an athlete. I'm not an athlete, no. You're good at weird stuff, <laughs> yes. as we say. But you're not an athlete, but you're competitive. But I don't like to lose. And I feel like we're being attacked by the devil right now. The last couple months, it has been one attack after another. And the way you battle that is deeper roots, solid foundation. Don't let the cracks get wider. And that's the way you fight the devil. And you speak the truth. Right. That's, that's what, there's a couple of things that I feel like that's the way you battle the devil is speaking the truth, trying to help other people. It's bringing the buckets of water to those that are in the fire. And whether that's red flag relationships, whether that's gun safety, whether that's other grieving moms, whether it's like women, I'm passionate about women, like whatever that is. And through faith and air quotes, making our path straight so we can see Hallie again. And that's 
That's our foundation. Can, can I comment on your air quotes? You may want to edit me later like you normally do, but can I just comment on your air quote? Sure. About making our path straight. I was reading my Bible again last night, and Jesus is very clear that he did not come for making things, like making people comfortable. Jesus came for son to go against father and against mother and against brother and against sister because he came to speak the truth. And that's going to make people uncomfortable. By speaking the truth, Jesus is bringing people closer to God, closer to heaven, closer to real relationship with him. And we have made a choice that I fully 100% believe is 100% accurate to make our path straight, to be closer to Jesus, to protect other people from ever being in the same situation that Hallie has found herself in, which is no longer with us, unfortunately, and the pain that our family is going through. And that's what Jesus came for. And that's what we keep learning about as we get closer to Jesus is that it's not always going to be comfortable for some people. And it is when you really want to get down into it, it's looking inside of yourself and going, what, what, what should I have done? What could I have done differently? Where's my remorse so that I can be with Jesus someday? And you and I look at that regularly. We, we look at each other and go, what could I do different? What could I do better with all of our other kids? We do that all the time. But we're also not going to lay over for the devil at this point in time to try to shut us up when all we're doing is trying to help people. Yeah, I had someone recently say, you know, sometimes the devil attacks because he's afraid of what's inside. And then here you actually mentioned that to me this yesterday. Morning. Or was it this morning? morning? Yeah. It is a it does feel like a constant test, like do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And you know, we could in our situation totally not believe in God because we prayed for a miracle. We prayed for Hallie to be healed. We prayed for her to live. And our prayers in that situation were not answered. And so I would say I'm not an angry person. I more try to figure out the why or figure out what do I need to learn from this? What do I, how do I make purpose with the pain? What do I need to do to grow? What do I need to do to see Hallie again? And it's a search in this begging and longing of like, I don't know what my path is supposed to be. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. But but now I feel like it's this new sort of focus around like how do you how do you battle the devil? And, you know, if you listen to our podcast, you know I always joke about my very simple prayers because they're more like, God please help me. God please help me. Your prayers really come along the last eight months. I mean you're getting good. Yeah. Very direct, specific. You're fighting against the devil. You're praying for God to be with you. You know, I'm a technology person. So the other day I'm like, I'm just going to Google how how do you pray to battle the devil? This is how I find my battles. (laughs) This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. You are. That's one of my favorite songs. Uh, we listen to song. it on K-Love. If you don't know, it's a national Christian radio station. My friend Rebecca at our church, The Crossing, when she she lives in Nashville now, and she used to sing there. She would sing that. Nobody sings that song better than Rebecca, even the people on The Crossing or on K-Love. She's the best at that. But it is true. It's how I fight my battles. I'm, I'm surrounded well, by Jesus. I we mean, all have battles to fight. No one's getting out of this life without fighting battles. And I struggle with knowing, like, how do you? How do you fight battles, right? Like you just pray and then how do you know what path you're supposed to go down after that, right? And what's 
what's the right way to do it? And so anyway, so I Googled, how do you pray to fight the devil? And this prayer came out. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm going to have to remember. I'm going to save it in my phone because it's not, it's not a way I would normally pray, but I love what the words are. And it's protect me from my trouble wherever I go and keep evil far from me. No matter where I am, I will look to you as my protector, the one who fights for me every day. Your love and faithfulness, along with your goodness and mercy, surround me daily so I will not fear whatever might come against me. And I love that last line, so I will not fear whatever might come against me, because it's beautiful. Um, God did not promise you'd have this amazing, easy life. And you are always going to be tested, sometimes more than others. And I had a fear before. Yeah, before Hallie died, from the time we started dating, you would say to me regularly, I am scared for her. I, I'm fearful for this relationship. You said that regularly to me. Yes, that's not where I was going with, I will not fear whatever oh, might come. Sorry. I'm just saying like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you was, said that to me regularly. No, that was... I was sick for three years. Like I just, there was always this ache of like, I did not feel good about it. But I'm just saying like fear based around just normal, normal things. Right. And I think when you get to a point where you have like a strong foundation, or maybe it's just because we're traumatized. I don't, I don't have the, I don't have a ton of fear anymore. Yeah, what, it's like what because could it's like all right. Well, I've already been through the worst of the worst. Okay, I mean, but how do I battle? How do I battle the devil? Because I am tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired of the fight or flight. So anyway, it's just a prayer that maybe you find useful of just being able to just pray about keeping evil away. I think it's really beautiful and given more strength to fight the battles that would come your way. I think it's beautiful because for me, I just, when I'm in a bad spot, I, get, I just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, devil, leave my body or devil, get out of my thoughts and things like that. That's way deeper. It's way better, especially the part at the very end, like you said, I will not fear what might come against me. I love that. That does put things in perspective. I, and I've been thinking too, it's like, Jesus is always with us, whether we're in a good spot or a bad spot. And it does feel like he holds us tighter sometimes when we're in the bad spot. And that may not be true. We may just recognize it more, but he does feel that way. And so I do love that. And 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 like you said a minute ago, God doesn't promise us an easy path because we follow him. Jesus was a man of sorrows. So I think sometimes people think like the story of the sower in the seed, like, oh, I follow Jesus. Everything's going to be fine. That's that seed that gets just kicked away right away. When you really believe in Jesus, you know, okay. This is a hard road, but I have a Savior now that's going to walk that hard road with me, and that's where we're going to go with this. And so we just cling to our faith right now, or we're putting everything into God's hands, hitting a wall on a regular, regular basis. <laughs> and unfortunately, because of that, uh, we pray to God, we pray to Hallie, we're, we're taking turns on this wall that totally is really difficult. But we do it because we do plan, we plan to see Hallie again someday. And so we're trying to do everything possible to do the right thing, to be near her, to be with her so that one day we can be next to her again in heaven. I mean, that's a driving factor for me. It's like, I want to see her again. So I am doing the best I can to be following Jesus, know Jesus, and to help other people in bad situations to know Jesus. 
And it's not smiling and waving. Mm -mm, No. So it's not like, oh, we'll just throw everything out of the rug and move on. It's not. And so there there are battles for sure. And it's so difficult. And I would say physically painful. I mean, Eric and I rotate (laughs) between who needs to be strong, who can struggle. It's almost like we have to, we choose when we can really struggle or we've been trying to because it's been so hard and you can't have both of us hot messes. We've got kids to take care of. Hot mess express. Got five more kids. So it's not, it's not just losing Hallie. It's everything else. It becomes more difficult, more emotional. And like I said earlier, your foundation gets rocked and you just become unsteady. And so it's, it's trying to take your focus off of the smaller problems that come your way and just working on how do you, how do you fix those massive cracks? And the cracks are never going to go away ever. And it's just, it's hard. It's so hard. And, and Eric, I know he last month or two has been five weeks, five weeks. He's been I'm having track. a really hard time. <laughs> Cause I don't get sick. I'm a healthy person. Yeah. I don't even go to the doctor. And all of a sudden I can't stop going to the doctor because I'm not well. Yeah, he's just not not feeling good at all. And, you know, he had a bunch of tests run. And They've run every test. They're throwing fine. darts at a wall. They're like, we're going to run this. I'm like, what? And they're like, boom, boom. And everything's negative, negative. And I'm like, finally told two different doctors that they're like, you're crazy. And they didn't say that. They you didn't said say that. that. They I'm like, I get it. That. I know you think I'm crazy. They're like, we just think that you have a lot right now between losing our daughter, you're in a bad spot, I'm trying to run our home. Trying to work. Your mom's. My mom had a stroke. She's in the the nursing home not doing well. Trying to lead my sisters in that regard. We've had all kinds of stuff going on, you know, trying to get into Hallie's house in Florida to get that going. It's a lot. And my body apparently is shutting down on me at 42 years old. And I don't understand it. Oh, by the way, we're still parents to five other kids. I mean, it's just. It's a lot. And work full time. And I, I had shared with them, too. Because I have felt this for even before. You felt this since the day Hallie died. Yeah, but even before that, there was a lot of stress and anxiety that I had just over their relationship and had issues with heart rate and just a lot of weird stuff happening. And then, of course, the last eight months have been physically painful as well. And stress and anxiety can do crazy things to your body. And... My hair's fallen out in droves. Like, it's so thin. I've not felt good for eight months. Hair. I didn't notice. I think you look gorgeous. Well, you so know, I missed you got that. your blinders on. But it's just, it's physically, I don't think people realize the emotional toll it takes on your body and how physical, physically painful it is. And I try to keep things in perspective. And I say all the time, I've had worse days. I've had worse days. I feel like shit, but you know what? I've had worse, worse days. And I think it also allows you to narrow your focus to what really matters, what really matters in life. I think that's fair. Yeah. And and it also allows you to, people say all the time, you can, in situations like this, what do you do? And I think our circle of friends has shrunk some. And we have our great church Christian friends and they're always there. Do you really think it's shrunk? I almost feel like it's gotten broader a little bit and that we've had a lot of people reach out and connect with us. I think through the podcast, that's that's grown it. I think people are reaching out through the podcast. But I think I, 
I've tried to shrink it personally because I just don't know. And I just want to make sure that the people reaching out are really have good intentions because you never you know. shrink it on what you share. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it that way. And so, I mean, we have this great group of friends. We have a great group of, uh, at our church and coworkers, all these different things. And you just, you learn that I can rely on these people and you learn that there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the world that doesn't matter and what's important and what's not important and what I should focus on and what I shouldn't focus on. And nothing puts that in perspective, I think, like losing a child. I mean, you just do. Everything comes into focus at that point. This matters. This doesn't. Yeah. If we didn't have, if we didn't have our faith and our friends and our belief that we would see her again, we would be in worse shape than what we're, what we're in. And, you know, I will, I will always be Hallie's mom. And it doesn't matter if she is in her forever home and not here. I will always fight for her. And a lot of my faith and my guidance is around what do we, what do we do next? What am I supposed to do with this? And I don't, I don't necessarily have that direction yet. I, every day I pray that God guides me, that Hallie guides me. Tell me what you want me to do with this. But here's what I do know is that feathers matter and people matter. And there's a lot of negativity in the world. There's a lot of people struggling, especially at a young age. Girls need to know that they get strength by, and it kind of goes back to fighting off the devil, but they get strength by battling things that come their way and being able to help out other people. Mm. And that's what the book's about. That's what the book's about. And so that's where I'm leaning in on speaking the truth, the children's book. I'm super excited about that and being able to share that whole story with everybody and helping out other people that are in similar situations. That's what I know to be true right now. I don't know what it looks like six months from now. I don't know where this journey will take us, but I used to be a big planner because <laughs> I thought I was in control and I plan everything out. And it's like, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So why would I even get worked up about something two months from now? So fair. So I did think today I would give you guys a little sneak peek into a first like two pages of the children's book that I wrote. I think you should, because we were actually just last night looking at printing options for the book. So it's close, close, close. So why don't you yeah, do- Yeah, it's ready to be printed. Yeah. So why don't you do a little teaser about the children's book that you have written called right. Feathers Matter. You guys ready? Guys and gals ready? I can't wait to hear the <laughs> worldwide radio television tour. Yeah. Gosh. It'll be amazing. I'm just worried about tomorrow, not what's going to happen a year from now. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Eric's the big dreamer. Okay. Feathers matter. A strong-willed bird, Ange, dreamed of having a baby bird that she could teach to fly. One day, she discovered that she'd been gifted the chance to become a mama bird. Mama Ange spent months searching for the strongest twigs and the thickest mud to create the most durable nest. The nest would provide structure and support for her most precious gift. Really? (laughs) But this book is so incredibly special to me, and I cannot wait to share it with you. It's been an amazing experience working with Believers Book Services that has 
guided me through this whole process. And it was so funny because I met with him. I don't even think I shared this with you, but I met with him to do a final review of the of the book. I was sharing with him these little hidden images that we had throughout the book. He goes, oh, my gosh, that's so cool that you did that in the publisher's world, because I know nothing about that. We call them Easter eggs. Uh And he's like, a lot of people do that. And he's like, I'm surprised that, like, I think he was surprised that we did that. I'm like, I don't even know. He clearly hadn't noticed. Well, you wouldn't notice. So Easter eggs are things that you put in a book that most people wouldn't notice, wouldn't know that it meant something. But people that know the story know what it means. So it's not where you're supposed to read it and go, oh, yeah, I know what that means. Hmm. It's hidden messages or images for those that are closest to the real story. Well, what I, I love about all of the Easter eggs is that Easter is a rebirth. It is Jesus going back. And so I feel like there's a secondary meaning there as well as we try to see Hallie once again moving forward. So, yeah, super excited. Book getting ready to go to print. Angie's done a great job to the point where he asked her this week if she had another book. He, he's like, do you have another book? Can you do another book? And she does have one. Well, I do have a second one in mind, but I don't know the story yet. Yeah. I just have an idea. So, yeah, very cool that you might have another book after this one. But excited to see what this does first and foremost to bring awareness just to, to people as they grow up and the kind of friends that they want to surround themselves with and, and the kind of people that they need in their lives and, and a good, strong Christian base. So super proud of you and what's about to happen there. It's been a hard, hard time. I don't know if or when it gets easier. I'm trying to, Almost at this point, it feels like just lean into it. Lean into the suck and see what happens. See where God takes you. See what God wants us to do in helping other people is what I think. I mean, that's where I'm kind of yeah, at right now. I'm, we're embracing it, not fighting against it. I mean, I think at first you fight against it. Mm-hmm. This can't be real. This can't be our life. And then you kind of get to a point where you're so exhausted from the fight that it's like, all right, all right, Lord, I'm embracing it, and I'm going to armor up. Let's go. You're going to battle whatever comes your way, and his your armor is God's strength that he provides you. I and you the, just go day by day. other night, the Old Testament, where Jacob is wrestling God throughout the night to know if he's, like, real and what he wants and— and that's a prayer I've been having. It's like, if this if this is my wrestle with you, just win already and tell me what you want. I'll just do that. I'll try to stop fighting and wrestling you all night long. You just tell me what you want. So that's where we're at. Hey, it's our first night alone in months. Feels <laughs> like we're yeah. What time's dinner? As <laughs> soon as we get in here, I told Anne she could take a uh, she could take a bath and I'll cook dinner and and then we'll eat and go to bed. <laughs> Super old. In our 40s, feeling super old. But that's where we're at right now. It's self-care. Your body's exhausted. You have to listen to your body and rest. That's where we're at. So we appreciate all of you listening and walking with us through this journey, for supporting us, for being there. And again, it's one of those things where we know some of you, it doesn't make comfortable. And that's what it is. That's Jesus's work is making some folks uncomfortable in all of this. And uh, we'll just keep praying and doing our best. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we hope you have a wonderful week. And God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.